Some days life feels perfect, other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Yeah, it's crazy, amazing. We can turn our heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. All right, welcome to Yes and Amen Youth Church with Pastor Derek Fletcher, Derek Deniani. On today, we have a great lesson queued up for you, and it's about evangelism. And so today we're going to talk and we're going to learn some great things about John the Baptist in the wilderness and really getting started in the things that God has called you to do. All right. Can everyone see my screen today? Where it says evangelism. Yeah. Be a big mouth. Are you a big mouth for Jesus? All right. That's just a question. You don't have to answer that right now. It says here, so make room for Jesus. Do you make room for Jesus during the day? Do you pray? Yes. Do you uh, read your Bible? Do you focus yeah. in on what God has for you to do or is asking you to do? Yes. Okay, good. That's good. Those are all good things. My face is kind of very shiny here. Let's see if I can fix that. Let's see if we can dispel some of that. Oh, that's way too much like that. Okay. Let's see if I can make a different angle. Yeah. That's like way too much light. Well, that's a little bit better. I can't do much off of that, but yeah. Okay, so let's... Uh, Let's take a look here. And so what is evangelism? Evangelism is the work of sharing the gospel and uh, uh, facilitating, helping people uh, to become saved through Jesus Christ. Okay. And so everyone said they're making room for Jesus. They're making room for God in their lives. So are you... Uh, sharing also are you sharing and you don't have to that's an introspective i want you to think about that and so ability what's your ability what's god called you to do evangelism that's outreach that's sharing among others that aren't believers preparedness are you prepared have you been equipped have you prayed have you allowed god to work and in inspire your life what about your priorities? Where are your priorities? Is it God first and then everything else? Or is it gaming first? Or is it my friends first? Well, I would recommend that you choose God first. When God is first, takes away anxiety. <laughs> takes away anxiety of friendship. Okay, that's better. That, 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 that. 
I was probably just too close to the video. So it takes away anxiety uh, when God is first and uh, performance pressure from peer pressure. Not only that, but uh, it, it allows you to walk into the purity of God and who God is for your life. And then uh, uh, repentance makes it easy when you have relationship to openly admit where your areas of weakness are and where God can really uh, help you to grow and help you to be super special, all right? And so spiritual growth, what does that mean? And so we're dealing and working in areas where, um, where we literally grow in God, right? We're not the same uh, position or the same point of learning that we were uh, five years ago, 10 years ago, but day by day we increase, we grow. Our spiritual capabilities are far reaching because we have relationship with God and he's pouring out into us and we're receiving the things of God. And so witnessing, sharing uh, the good news, sharing about God, who he is and the things that he is doing in our lives. And so our memory scripture for today is Matthew uh, 3 and 11. It says here, I baptize you with water for repentance. All right. But after me comes one who is powerful than I. All right. Whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay. So you guys have been baptized by water. And so you what about by the Holy Spirit and with fire? Amen. And so uh that's the that's the fulfillment. That's the whole thing. That's the whole package, the whole enchilada, so to speak. And so again. Matthew 3 and 11 says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, but will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. What, what do you think about that? And so that's awesome. Okay, let's go here. Let's see something. Okay. All right, again, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit of and fire. Okay, you guys ready? Uh, unmute and repeat after me. Matthew 3 and 11. Matthew, Matthew 3, 3 and 11. I baptize you with water for repentance. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I. 
But after he becomes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will, he will baptize, baptize you with, with the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit and, fire. and fire. Okay. Fire. We're not talking about doom, 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 doom. We're not talking about that fire. We're talking about the burning fire of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you which prompts you and it causes you to uh, move with the grace of and the favor of God to do great things. Okay, Yanni, would you open up with prayer, please? God, thank you for all the blessings that you've given us and everything that you've blessed us with over the years. And Lord, we appreciate all of your blessings. And Lord, we worship you and appreciate you every single day, Lord. And we want you to know that we love you. And God, we appreciate everything that you've done for us when you sent your son to relieve our sins. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Okay, let's see what this says here. So this is just getting started. Let's see. Does your family act differently when you have a guest coming to your house? And uh, how so? How do they act different? Okay. What if the president of the United States or a famous actor or actress uh, were going to have dinner with you at your house? How would your family act differently? Would they act differently, Derek? And yes. Oh, yeah. So how would you act differently? What would you do? I would I would probably try to be to act uh, very impressive. OK. Like a, act like a role model. For others for other people. OK. 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 So what is it about anticipation that causes us to focus on preparation? So people are coming. So what do you think? Is it, uh, what do you think, Yanni? I think that my family would act different. Okay. So why do we make extra effort when we are more excited, Yanni? Because they, they, when they're more excited, they act differently. Okay. Especially if the president was coming over, they would want to make a good impression. Okay. So how can we help others to do it in, in their... Okay, let's see here. Let's go back here. So today we are going to look at another aspect of evangelism. Making room for Jesus. Okay, how important is it to make room for Jesus and the things of God? How, 
should that be your last priority or your first priority? What do you think? Okay, so how can we make room for him in our lives? What can we do? What can we make room? All right, so think about that. So, and what exactly are we making room for? So what is it when you make room for Jesus in your life? What What is it that you're making room for? What do you think it is, Derek? And then, Yanni, you got answer the same question i think i think we're making room for his word and his guidance okay along well, with what about tool. what about discovery about who you are in him right there's yeah. that discovery edge or the discovery process okay all right so let's go down here. Okay, so let's take a look at this uh, um, John the Baptist prepares the way, Matthew 3. Okay, so uh, Derek, you're going to read 1 through 6, and then Yanni, you're going to read 7 through 12. Okay. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judah and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who has spoken of, of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he has a leather belt across his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out of him from Jerusalem, and all Judah and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Okay, got it. Seven. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming Sadducees. to where Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing he said to them you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath produce fruit in keeping with repentance and do not think you can stay say to yourself we have abram as our father abraham i tell you abraham as our father, I tell you that the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and be thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after he comes, 
one who is most pro- more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the holy water and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his thrusting floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the calf with unquenchable fire. Okay, so he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, and then those that aren't, the uh, uh, fork, the harvesting fork or the winding fork in his hands, right? The thrashing floor, and during the harvest time, the thrashing floor was a place where they separated uh, the wheat from the shaft, right? The, the actual part that they could eat, right? From the part that they could not eat, which was useless right it was called chaff wheat they could eat it was useful and so the chaff the wheat represents those that are in god and that are producing the chaff represents those that aren't in god and they're not producing the appropriate outcome that they've been created to by god okay you guys understand that? You got that? And yes. so there's going to be a burning up of the chat, right? It's going to get burned up because it's not useful um, and God can't use it. Okay? Okay. All right. So the passage does not deal with a evangelism per se, but instead the meeting of John and Jesus, okay? The coming together, okay? And we know that John the Baptist was Jesus's cousin, interesting enough, okay? And so regarding John the Baptist, we think of him as a kind of odd fellow, right? He was dressed with camel hair, a leather belt, and he ate what? locusts and wild honey, right? So the truth is, his way of life was probably not so different from many of his contemporaries or modern day people, right? Right. But but here it talks about he dressed funny, he talked funny, he ate funny stuff, etc. right? And so many prophets dressed like he did Right. And locusts were not all that uncommon of a meal for a rule for the rule poor. Right. So so that was something that was common folk food, so to speak, during that time. And so a good example of John in today's society is a modern day mountain man. Right. You've seen a movie. I mean, you've seen the TV shows with the people that are living off the land and they're mountain men and all that stuff, right? Right. All right. So let's let's move down here um, and let's kind of dissect uh, Matthew 3, 1 through 12. And so it covers three major points, right? According to 
the text, there's three major points that we're going to look at. We must make room first. We must tell others to make room. And three, right? When we make room for Jesus, we'll make room for you. Okay? So there's three things. You must make room for Jesus. I mean, you must make room first. We must first, we must tell others to make room. And then when we make room for Jesus, he will make room for us. Okay? Let's look at it. Let's go into further detail. Okay. Okay, so um, we must make room first. What do you think that means? So before we can tell anyone else to make room for Jesus, we have to do it, right? We have to be disciples first before we can share. To be a big mouth is great, but if you don't practice what you say, and you don't have your life focused on Jesus, right? You'll come off as a hypocrite. You're saying one thing, but you're doing another. Okay, so we will, we when we take a look at the life of Jesus, we see a man who made room for when we look at the life of John, excuse me, he made room for Jesus first, okay? So John made room for Jesus first, <laughs> right? He was out in the wilderness doing what? He was baptizing people with water. And he was telling them, hey, there's somebody else that's coming behind me. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, right? Okay, Derek, right. uh, read these again, uh, Matthew 3, 1 through 6. So, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judah and saying, Repent, for the King of heaven has come near. This is he who has spoken of through the prophet is Isaiah. A voice of calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair. And he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judah and the whole region of Jordan confessing the, their sins they were baptized by him in the Jordan River
All right, so they were baptized in the Jordan River. You guys know that I have water from the Jordan River. <laughs> Excuse me. One of my friends, he's Hebrew. He's in Israeli. And so he went to the Jordan River and got me some water from there. Okay. So how does Matthew describe John, Derek? What does he look like? He talks weird. He um has um uh, yeah, he did. What's he dressed? What's he wearing? What he look like? He has camel fur to wear for his clothes and a leather belt. Okay, what's he, what's he eating? Locusts. Okay. So he was very popular with the people, right? He was even outspoken and what they call confrontational, I guess. So, so Yanni, if you lived in Judea and heard John speak, what would you think of him? Yanni? I would listen. Okay. Okay, can you think of some modern day equivalencies of uh, John? So John? Well, he seems like he would be nowadays a pastor. Okay. So there's an individual um, that I'm thinking of, and he's passed on now. He's he's not alive, but his name is Billy Graham. So Billy Graham was an evangelist. Um, there's a couple of other ones, uh, but that's that's the main one. Uh, but there are many other. Um, I have a friend, his name is Larry Moore. Uh, you guys have seen him once or twice, maybe. And he's an evangelist. He travels all around the world sharing the gospel. Okay. So, so what is John's message uh, in verse 2? What's he saying? Let's take a look. What's he saying, Derek, in verse 2? And he says to repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Okay. What does that message mean? Resist, um, resist the urge of sin. And repent means that I'm godly sorry for what I've done. Okay. I'm I'm sorry, God, for cursing. I'm sorry, God, for smoking. I'm sorry, God, for drinking. I'm sorry, God, for looking at those special messages I shouldn't have been looking at. I'm sorry, God, because I got whatever, 
right? So all those things. Um, so what do you think they listen to? Oh, let's go here. Based on his appearance and what he preached, why do you think people came to him or hear him? Right? So, so this is a guy who's in the wilderness wearing camel hair, eating locusts, wearing the coatings, baptizing people with water. Just repent and be baptized with water. There's someone else is coming. It's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, right? And so, so just think if you heard about that, you want to go check this guy out and see who he is, right? I would. So why do you think they listened to what he said or had to say? Nobody else was saying it, right? He was the only person that was saying it. So John was a wild man, no doubt, right? Yes, no doubt. But people flock to hear him speak anyway. One of the main reasons was true was this. This was true is because he demonstrated a belief in what he was saying. He believed what he was saying, right? He was called, he was calling people to abandon everything familiar, everything that they knew, and to make room for Jesus, right? It's obvious he had done the same. He sold out for Jesus. Yanni, what does it mean to you to make room for Jesus in your own life? It means to <clears throat> read my Bible more. Okay. Okay, Yanni, what house cleaning needs to be done in your heart to make more room for Jesus? What What are some things you need to do? Nothing, because there's already room in my heart for Jesus. To make more room, more room, more, more, more. What about you, Derek? More room is always a good thing. Okay. So how can you get people to listen to you when you say make room for Jesus? Sit down with him. Anything else? What about giving your personal testimony? Yeah, and talk about the importance. The importance. Talk about the importance.
All right. All right. Let's take a look. Okay, Yanni, uh, read the, uh, okay, verses uh, 7 through 10 of Matthew 3. We must tell others to make room. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit and keeping with repentance yeah. and do not think you can say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children from Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Okay. So the axe is ready at the root of the trees. In every tree that does not produce good, you, did you see this? It says good fruit, right? So, so either you're going to produce good fruit or bad fruit. Okay, so it says the axe is ready at the root, and so if you cut off the root, you cut off the line of nutrition going to the tree to produce fruit. The stability of the tree won't be quite where it needs to be because of the root is cut. And eventually that fruit's going to die, right? Okay, so here John has a confrontation with the sad with the Pharisees and Sadducees, right? So they're they're probably like, dude, who are you and what are you doing? Right. And so they came to investigate the claims of John, and John meets them with anger. He focused the focus of what we need to see, the focus is of what we need to need to see here is not his attitude but the principles John sets forth so Yanni what is John's attitude is it fair or unfair it's fair I think it's fair okay now he's very stern right he didn't waste time playing with them or debating he just kind of shared okay so regardless of his tone Yanni what is John saying to the Pharisee and Sadducees? He's saying that people who are bad will will um go down under, and people who are good will go up to heaven. Okay, something like that. That's good. All right. And so, but they need to work on it. They need to make room for Jesus in their lives. Derek, 
What does John tell them to do? What does he tell them to do? Oh, was my mic on? Hello? Yeah, what did you say? Well, you just gave out the answer. I, I said it, and... Um, what did you say? Well, I said uh, to think about themselves. Okay. Basically, there's... Okay, so they need, they need to think... Outside of just themselves, correct? Yeah. Okay. All right. So repentance is necessary. Uh, we mentioned about repentance, right? And so what yeah. does it mean to repent? Okay. So to the Greek mind, the idea of repentance was more than just asking for forgiveness or even changing your thoughts. It meant to change uh, a change of will, right? One that affected your behavior, excuse me, your behavior as well, okay? So there isn't any room in anyone's life for both selfishness and and Christ-like, right? It's one or the other. And so here, your willingness to correct a behavior as well, okay? That's super critical. That's super important because God may ask you to do something, right? But that will change your behavior uh, right, or align you with him closer, and that may entail changing your whole position of behavior, right? Okay, so to make room for Jesus, one must what? Repent. Did you, hear that? you must repent. Yes. And part of that is, is a change of behavior. Okay. So practically speaking, how can sin keep people from Jesus? What do you think, Derek? Probably without the guidance or understanding. Okay. Probably manipula manipulating little bursts okay. of uh, excitement. Okay, so at the end of verse 8. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. We're still here on that. So, Jesus means, making room for Jesus means cleaning out bad behaviors and attitudes, right? Just like the Pharisees had that, right? But sometimes people think they don't need Jesus, 
because they are already good. Will just being good get you to heaven? No. No. Okay, good. I'm glad you guys said that. I was concerned. So so it's more to it than just being good. You, you got to receive Jesus. You got to make room for Jesus. You got to confess your faults and repent. And so what you currently have is not good enough. What you currently have is not good enough. At the end of verse 8, John tells the Pharisees and Sadducees not to try, not to try, even though, even not to try, even thinking that they didn't need to make room for Jesus. What's he tell them in eight? Did we read that already? Okay, so produce fruit in keeping with repentance. So what that literally means is your fruit or your byproduct is going to reveal whether you're in Jesus or not, right? You're going to produce either good fruit or bad fruit. If you produce bad fruit, You're not in Jesus. You're producing good fruit. You're in Jesus. Okay? Yes. And, and so there's, uh, there's a lot more to that. But the production of outcomes in God is based upon him being able to use you to share with others, to use you to, so that you make a choice to change a lifestyle action. Okay, and it's very hard, especially for religious minded people like the Pharisees and Sadducees. They were used to rituals. They were used to doing things from a religious standpoint. And it made it tough because the law never gave closure or an endpoint. It always kept the people in bondage. Okay. So, and we see that in, in certain cases, but anyway, um, let's go to this. What did the Jews celebrate as validation of their religious commitment? What do you think they did? They probably drank wine and stuff. Yep. Drank wine. Partied. Okay. 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 So they, they had to be obedient to the law. Yes, yeah, some of them probably did. Okay. So what do some people you think fill their lives with to the point that they don't think they need Jesus? So what are some things you think fill their lives, people's lives? There's other things, right? Yes could be selfishness it could be uh wow a host a whole host of many things uh the act of uh cutting oneself uh because of 
lack in an area, the act of practicing witchcraft or the act of uh, um, drugs, alcohol, those things, right? So those things endanger your relationship with God, right? They have a negative effect. So what things can detract you from your own relationship with Jesus? What about being angry with someone and not forgiving them? What do you guys think about that? Well, that's rational. That's uh, one thing that people don't usually do. When usually... Um, when you're standing out of God's way, out of uh, Jesus's range, you, you do some pretty um, crazy stuff. Yes. That some people still that can't be forgiven. Um, God can forgive it. Yeah, but, we, but yeah. Go ahead. But we people sometimes don't. We some people don't see God's ways. Because, you know, they're away from his range. So they okay. say, it's unforgivable. Okay. Okay. So how can we help others see that the good thing does not as... Okay. How can we help others see that the good they do is not as good as what Jesus can do? What do you guys think? Okay, so by being a testimony and doing the right thing, the greatest example that a person can see is that in you and before you, your personal testimony and how you react to life situations. Okay? Okay. So what's the difference? Okay. If there is one between a good person and a Christian, what's the difference if there is one between a good person and a Christian? Hmm. What's the difference? And we kind of talked about, right, if a person just doing good, that don't mean they're going to heaven, right, and, and that they're... So what do you think? Okay, so differentiation. Just a good person doesn't have Christ. But a person that has Christ can operate and, and be a good person, but they have Christ. Okay? That's kind of like a trick question. But not really. So no matter if we are talking about charity work, acts of kindness, or those who are nice and loving, without Jesus, none of it matters. Without Jesus, 
none of it matters. Right? So, chances are you know a lot of good people, but they may not have room for Jesus. You must make room for Jesus. Okay? Okay. King Jesus, if you're listening when you pray, when you pray. Okay, if we make room for Jesus, he will make room for you. The scripture says, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. Nigh means closer, right? When you draw closer to God, he'll draw closer to you. The Pharisees and Sadducees had probably heard enough but John, the big mouth, he had one more thing to say. If you make room for Jesus and change your ways, what's going to happen? He will give you his spirit and you can be renewed. Okay? So I remember when I was young and looking for God, I made room for God, okay? I made room for Jesus. I made room and I desired a closer walk with him. And guess what? He gave me his Holy Spirit and I was renewed. It was, wow, it was the greatest experience of my life because he literally filled me with his Holy Spirit and it renewed me and gave me more insight than ever before, okay? More insight than ever before. So if you don't, if you don't, in his judgment, you will be condemned, right? And baptized with fire if you don't in his judgment you will be condemned and baptized with fire that's interesting context here and so you want to be baptized with fire not just water baptized but with fire okay and that's the fullness of god wow okay so i'll read this right here 11 it says I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one more. Who is, comes one, who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His wine knowing fork is in his hand. Amen. You you see that big pitchfork, right? With the with the uh with the uh forks in it, and they lift up the wheat, right? And they throw it in the air, and then the 
seeds fall and then the rush rubbish stuff falls then they're separated right the thrashing floor and so and he will clear his thrashing floor gathering his wheat into a barn and burning the chaff with unquenchable fire what do you guys think about that is that like serious stuff Okay, so, yeah. so what does that message of judgment send? Why does that message of judgment send harsh, seem, sound harsh to you? Why do you think it sounds harsh? Uh, did you believe it's true? Yes. So what about this image of chopping down the unbelievers unbelievers strikes you as unloving what about the image of chopping down the unbeliever strikes you as unloving Okay, so what is comforting about the image of being baptized with the Spirit? So the chopping down aspect, we'll talk about that. So there's going to be a harvest and a separation of chaff and wheat. And so that's ultimately what's going to happen. So what is comforting about the image of being baptized with the Spirit? That means we have power. That means his spirit is in us, and that's the attention getter for us when the rapture comes. And if we have to pray in situations that the enemy is attacking on, okay? So we need that. Harsh or not, it's true. And John doesn't back away from the truth, right? He, it's, it's heaven or hell, okay? Nor does he claim to have the power to do what he says. Instead, he points to the one who comes after him, right? Jesus is coming after him. Okay, so, and looks, tells the whole audience, simply make room, make room for God, make room for his Holy Spirit within you. Okay, let's take a look at this. I almost feel like I want to pray like now. Okay, so being a big mouth is all about presenting the truth to people. What we are really asking of them is to make room for God to move in their lives. We must consider him in every forefront. 
in every venture of life. All right, we begin by talking about how we prepare for visiting dignitaries and celebrities. Okay, the truth is, we probably don't have to worry about that. Amen. But are you preparing for the most important dignitary, the most important visitor into your life, into the context of who you are by the Holy Spirit coming in? Are you preparing yourself to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Glory to God. Are you making room for Jesus? Are you preparing? Are you setting aside and those areas of weakness, those areas where you need to repent and they're on the, the thrashing floor, so to speak, separating uh, those bad works and those good works. Or are you making room? Amen. And so that's, that's critically important that we make room for Jesus in our lives. All right. So identify five friends this week that you can talk to about your life and about who Jesus is in your life and that you made room for Jesus, right? And so we're going to pray that challenges be subsided and that you are able to share and to invite a friend and share with them about God. How does that sound? Good. Okay. Good. All right. And so you share based on your experience. That's how easy it is. And I'm I'm gonna share with someone. Last week I shared with someone about my testimony. And that was unexpected, but someone asked, they asked me about my testimony about what happened, which is different, right? That was unique, and that's the best position to be in right? Takes all the pressure off of you. Um, and then you just share the goodness of God in your life. Wow. I'm so excited about this week. All right. So if let's, let's go ahead and pray. I'm ready to pray. What about you guys? Me, me too. All right. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this message about making room for Jesus and the impact if we don't which has negative consequences, Lord God, but we accept Jesus. We make room for him in our daily lives and that those that hear this understand and they gravitate toward the end product of where they need to be in God and that they're listening in and receiving guidance and counsel uh, by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And that there's power in that with fire. And so we thank you for those that have come in and those that are tuning in later, Lord God, that they receive the fullness that they make room for Jesus in their lives and teach us how to consistently make room for Jesus in our lives and in our personal time and our public life and our private time. I just said it anyway, personal time. So we thank you for this message. We thank you for today. We glorify you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father. Amen. All right. 
All right, so that's uh, that's uh, awesome right there. And let's do this right here. Let's go to our music screen. We thank you. This is Pastor Derek Fletcher with Derek and Yanni with Yes and Amen You on today. And we had a great lesson talking about the, the big uh, mouth of evangelism and making room with Jesus for Jesus and sharing. All right. So God bless you on today. We thank God for you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. 